Hello and welcome back to our next episode of ONTAP, where we discuss the ins and outs of current global political, social and economic dynamics, but with a specific eye to predicting what can be expected. I hope you're all keeping safe and healthy and that you're looking forward to the gradual ease of lockdown measures across the globe. I hope though we are not being too enthusiastic too early. And yes, I'm here with Joachim Marnitz. Joe, how does it feel to have a record-breaking second episode? Uh, it makes me feel right at home already. Confinement helps with that, of course. <laughs> so today we also welcome our own associate consultant, Alessandro Calisi, who has been following EU green policy very closely. I think it's a specialty. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's really a pleasure to be here and talking with you today. So thanks again. Yes, a big welcome, Ale. Delighted you could join us. Um, today we'll be looking at the current state of affairs of green policy, and not only from an EU, but also from a global perspective. And uh, we will discuss where the future of green policy lies, not least because of, yes, you got it right, Corona. What can we expect as, big, as society, big business, SME owners, employees, consumers, and so on? Questions linger about whether green ambitions will suffer a setback especially as many unexpected burdens have befallen us with the current crisis and many more burdens are expected. We briefly touched on this last week, Joe, but let's hear what Ale has to say. Ale, what are current events in the EU and green policy telling us? Well, I guess that uh, Corona puts stress basically on all policy sectors, but uh, I think environmental policy is probably where this is most visible, given the great ambitions that the Commission had before the crisis started. So, and if we look at the EU Green Policy Roadmap that was uh, published in the Commission Work Program, we can see that there are quite some delays already. So, uh, at the moment, we have already launched, uh, the Commission already launched the Green Deal Investment Plan and Just Transition Fund. Uh, they have published a Circular Economy Action Plan and also a proposal for a climate law for reaching climate neutrality in 2050. Uh, there is also a, a, a consultation on revising the 2030 climate targets, so moving from 40% cuts to 50 to 55% cuts uh, compared to 1990s uh, level. And also there has been progress on sustainable finance taxonomy, so defining what is a green investment. But there, is, there has been uh, a lot of uh, concern uh, about the possible delays. And we see already, for instance, the farm to fork strategy, which is about uh, greening the uh, uh, agriculture and uh, food processing sectors. Uh, there is also a delay on the biodiversity strategy. And these could be, these two strategies could be published by mid-May, but we still have to see what's going on, uh, what's, what will happen in the next weeks. And then there are other uh, uh, initiatives that probably will be delayed until next year. So, um, uh, for instance, the alternative fuels, the uh, initiatives and the forest strategy, and also the strategy on adaptation to climate change. There is indeed uh, a new uh, uh, commission work program in the making uh, because of coronavirus so probably we will also see we will also have a bit more clarity uh, when the new program will be out to see how much corona is actually impacting the, the green agenda of the commission and we also should not forget that this is 
the EU level, let's say Brussels uh, and the policymaking in Brussels, but there is also the member state level that needs to be taken in consideration. Because if we think about the situation, even prior to the corona crisis, we see that uh, there was already uh, a consistent delay on, on different levels. Like if we think about the submission of national energy and climate plans, deadline was end of last year and still some member states have to submit their, their plans. There are only at the moment only five member states who have adopted the strategy for building renovation, uh, which is also a main a pillar of the green ambitions of the Commission to say to be better in energy efficiency. And there is also a big issue uh, considering waste management because we have half of the member states that are at risk of not achieving the 2020 targets, while in July this year there are also uh, three new directives that should be transposed into national law. So we see that there is uh, uh, quite a, a problem there, also prior to all the complications coming from Corona. And finally, uh, there is also a problem of budget for the new proposals. So the whole Green Deal agenda relies on the new budget that will be approved under the MFF. And we saw already in February that the, the, the last round of discussion was not successful and the member states were really uh, fighting uh, about how to address the Green Deal and green the budget of the EU for the next seven years. Now we have Corona, so priorities could shift, uh, budgetary lines could be readdressed and of course the Green Deal could be uh, suffering from, from the whole Corona storm. Okay, well, thanks very much for that, Ale. Um, we do know that there are a variety of perspectives in industry. And as I might add, um, they're very active at working in Brussels, uh, these perspectives. And they may vary from uh, wanting a temporary suspension to promoting green policy, depending on the business model and the ambitions. But uh, who and what are some of the political forces at work at the moment, Ale? Well, I, I guess that um, we had... Uh... Uh, an idea uh, of how the political spectrum is shaped at the moment about uh, the green policy when uh, the executive vice president of the commission Timmermans uh, discussed with MEPs in the in the environmental environment committee of the EU parliament so we saw that there was quite a lot of skepticism sometimes even like criti open criticism to uh, the Commission and to the green plans of the Commission during the Corona crisis, uh, because for like considering like ECR or uh, identity and democracy groups, uh, they were questioning the need for more uh, and, and new reg regulations or new initiatives on the green side of things, while the economy is suffering, uh, the, uh, people are losing jobs. There is a need for supporting uh, the economy in this critical moment. And the Green Deal is not seen by these uh, political uh, forces as a good way to go ahead. But it is also true that there is uh, a growing um, support for what is called now the Green Recovery. So there was a, an initiative launched by the uh, chair of the Environmental Committee in the Parliament, a Green Recovery Alliance, that quickly gathered a lot of consensus also from 
uh, businesses and from the uh, across the political spectrum. And the Commission, it, it looks like uh, taking uh, on board these suggestions and moving ahead with a green recovery and also digital recovery. So uh, von der Leyen's motto now is like to drive the recovery from Corona through uh, the greening and the digitalization of the economy. Okay, so, so what I see here are two conflicting archetypes in essence. One would be a recovery driven by a traditional industry and the second one then obviously a green recovery. So um, I have a few questions there. Um, generally speaking, a green recovery sounds great in theory, but what happens in practice if a green recovery stays behind traditional industry methods. So especially we have China here and we have the US who probably will take a more traditional route, I would say. And in addition, the European Union is already under considerable strain. I don't think that's a controversial opinion at this stage. So what happens if a green recovery causes a rift within the European Union? Should a green recovery be the route that the Union takes? Can it rip the EU apart? And where are the fault lines? And another question I have, what, what if another euro crisis hits? Well, those are very, very valid questions and uh, points. Um, and yeah, I think this is where the real post-corona crisis for the, is really existent uh, for the EU. At the moment, populism is feeding into the erosion of the EU and is strongly supported by foreign influence, fake news, for example. There's unemployment, uh, debts, loss of business, uh, very much uh, what uh, Ale has already mentioned. And in all the perfect breeding, uh, all in all, this is the perfect breeding ground for discontent to flat out angry reactionism. And um, I think we all agree that extremism feeds on this, right? Well, indeed, it's no wonder that the Council has asked the Commission to prepare a proposal for the Corona Recovery Plan. And the proposal should be published by the second or third week of May. Uh, but uh, Commissioner for Economy Gentiloni already suggested a uh, 1.5 trillion euros figure for this recovery plan. Wow, 1.5 trillion. Okay, that's, that's impressive. Um, but coming back to the essence of uh, green policy, Secretary General of the UN, Antonio Guterres, uh, stated on International Mother Earth Day, which is on the 22nd of April for those who or that didn't know, including me until recently, I have to admit. Uh, well, he stated, uh, quote and unquote, COVID-19 wake-up call demands recovery built on a green economy. And furthermore, we have Angela Merkel during the 11th Petersburg Climate Dialogue, where she welcomed the proposal by the European Commission to raise the EU's greenhouse gas reduction target for 2030. I see the defining question here being whether green policy is a motor or an inhibitor of the post-corona world. At the moment, I believe global trends say the latter, and I think providing a convincing argument to have a complete overhaul uh, will very much depend on a variety of factors differing from regulatory context for the promotion of green policy to the customer base to financial incentives and so on. But and within more importantly, within that context, it will depend on whether heads of business and society find that their, their to-date business model and priorities are lucrative or sustainable and or whether there is a tipping point that has been reached. 
So my question is, what do global politics and trends tell us in your view, Joe? Um, about the ambitions for green policy. Well, as a general point, I would say that an economic crisis, as it looms now, is is a bad environment for enacting green policies, especially worldwide, because many people will see them as something to do in times of affluence, not something to do in times of need, as as they're straight ahead. In essence, I would say it's a short-term versus long-term thing, uh, a question of needs in terms of short-term versus long-term, and usually short-term wins in these circumstances. Um, then I would also argue that the global trend was already that many nations took a step back from globalization and trade agreements. Good examples of that would be the Trump election, Brexit, what happened in Brazil and what happened in India. And the coronavirus crisis accelerates that process because obviously borders are closed now and supply chains are fractured. So the effect of that on green policy is probably that multinational agreements will be harder to achieve. But on the bright side, maybe a cool down of economic activity and a focus on the local might not be a bad thing or wrong. Because long term, regarding long term sustainability, and not just environmentally speaking. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, and by the way, without bringing the conspiracy theories up or the conspirator uh, concept, what happens to the Fridays for Future movement? Have you guys heard anything yeah, about that sure. at all? I mean, heard is one thing, but I think my interpretation of the events is that that the coronavirus killed any momentum, and it was a considerable momentum that the Fridays for Future moment had. You could almost see how it sucked the energy out of the room. And I personally suspect that the Fridays for Future movement will be rendered more or less inconsequential after all is said and done with this pandemic, which which, if true, would remove considerable pressure, pressure from governments in terms of green policy. Well, that really sounds like the end for Fridays for Future movement uh, and the end of a lot of gossip about it. Um, but I guess at this point, I think we should wrap up our discussion. Um, but I think one more sentence from each of you uh, to define the future of green policy would, would be called for. So, Joe, last time it was potential meteorites. What's on the menu this time? Well, this time I think green policy will take a backseat globally. If the European Union takes the green recovery route, it will be a make or break moment for the EU. I, I want to say a bit more positive, uh, thinking that times of crisis are also times of change. So the next weeks of discussions on green recovery will be crucial to define the EU's climate action outlook for years to come. So it is a make it or break it moment. So we really have uh, the full spectrum of uh, positivism here. Um, thank you very much, gentlemen. So, dear listeners, before we leave you, here are a couple of things taking place next week that could be of interest to you, as always. So on the 6th of May, we have the European Commission put forward the big multi-annual financial framework, uh, which sets out the budget for the EU for the years 2021 to 2027, as well as the Corona Recovery Plan. Uh, let's hope everything will be on time. On the 10th of May, we will have the presidential elections in Poland, although there's a lot of opposition at the moment against the current postal ballot method. And uh, the opposition, of course, would prefer postponing the elections. Um, and then finally, something non-EU, the SNAP general elections in Boliv Bolivia are unsnapped, uh, or in other words, postponed. So if you have any questions or suggestions for upcoming global themes you'd like us to touch upon, 
do write us to info at simonplaceconsulting.com. So, dear listeners, thank you again for tuning in. Ale, thank you very much for being on board. Thanks for inviting me. It was fun. Well, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And stay safe, stay tuned.